right, hello and welcome to episode number, uh, what episode are we on? Oh yeah, 18. That's right, 18. Uh, episode 18 of the Amazing Spidercast, the podcast dedicated to the latest news and rich history of everyone's favorite web slinger, the Amazing Spider-Man. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, Cote on the Comic Geek Speak Forum, and I'm glad you're with us this evening. And now my special guest host is uh, the webmaster of Spider-Man Crawl Space and... Uh, he has his own podcast uh, about Spider-Man also. Uh, Brad Douglas, how are you doing tonight? Hey, thank you, Chris. Appreciate two webheads getting together to talk geek. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. When I got Skype, that was my intention for the podcast. <laughs> Bringing geeks closer together through audio. you got to love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been having a blast doing the past couple of shows, and I'm glad I was able to get you on. Oh, thank you, sir. I'm honored. All right, well, why don't you start off by uh, telling the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got interested in uh, the character that we love so very much. Oh, you mean Aunt May. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spider-Man, I've been a fan since I was a little webhead, about two years old. I I got a uh, comic, Marvel Team-Up Annual Number 2, which uh, was a team-up of Spider-Man and the Hulk, and it was... I uh, got it off there called Spinner Racks. A lot of kids don't remember Spinner Racks. It's unfortunate, but... Vaguely remember those. Vaguely. I love those things. And I got that off of the Spinner Rack, and it was a gift, and I was hooked for life because once I took the the comic back home, I uh, turned on the television, and what greeted me was the electric company with a weird skinny guy in a Spider-Man suit teaching me about the alphabet. Excellent. combination of that, too, that got me interested in Spider-Man, and then, of course... Uh, more cartoons and comics. The, uh, Spider-Man is amazing. Friends, of course, is a personal fave. So I've been doing. I'm thir- uh, next week is actually my birthday. I'm going to be 32, and I've been a Spider-Man fan. I'd say almost 30 of them. <laughs> All right. Well, happy birthday, early. Thank you, sir. Well, like I said last episode, I got started with uh, the uh, No Adjective Spider-Man title number 16 with X-Force. Ah, the- Todd McFarlane's last issue, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was all funky, and it was sideways instead yeah, of... Yeah, it was, I think, the first widescreen comic. I don't think that yeah. ever really caught on, but that was kind of a neat at the time. Yeah, I, I can remember being, because, I mean, it was really, you know, that Todd McFarlane's style and Juggernaut was in there. Yeah. And so, yeah, that that left an impression on me. And then also the uh, 90s animated series. Yes. That remember, was a big draw to me. I didn't really get to watch that one much. I was in college or in high school at that time, and, and you know... I don't, didn't really want to get up at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning to watch Spider-Man. Maybe when yeah, I was a I lot younger, you. I, I would have done it. But, uh, you know, just those parties lasted really late in college and high school. <laughs> I hear you. I hear yep. you. Right, well, why don't you uh, tell the guys a little bit about the uh, crawl space, uh, how it got started, and well, uh, how well, you got into the podcasting thing Well, the crawl space started up, uh, you know, next year in 08, it'll be 10 years. We started... Uh, well, I started the site back in 1998. Uh, I was surfing around and uh, noticed that GeoCities had, uh, you could, I guess it was like a banner ad or something. I saw it. It uh, said yeah. in, in flashing letters, have your own website. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of cool. And I clicked on that. You know, it's free. And, man, it was pretty basic, too. You know, you had to type out your own HTML. There was no YC right. wig, as they call it. What you see is what you get. They didn't have any help for that, so I'm typing in codes it looked like to something Jack Bauer would type in to uh, defuse a bomb on 24 or something like that, but I was doing the IMG SRC equals quote stuff like that to make a picture, and 
Uh, Pretty much, I guess it was in August 1998. I, I signed up with GeoCities, and my very the crawl space was pretty primitive. It it had one picture of Chapter One by John Byrne, and I was uh, impressed that I was able to post that because it took me three days to figure out how to post a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the the uh, origin of the name Spider-Man Crawl Space uh, came from, if you remember, we're kind of tying it into that adjectiveless Spider-Man title. If you go back to the uh, the letter pages, the name of the letter pages in that comic was called The Crawl Space. And I thought it would just be kind of a cool little name to have Spider-Man Crawl Space because I didn't really know what else I could put on my website except talk to fellow web geeks like myself about uh, what's happening in the books. So 1998 came and went and just kind of fiddled with it. And I guess maybe it was 2000 or 1999 I actually registered the domain SpiderManCrawlspace.com and one of my favorite things throughout the years is the message board. It's it's really as of late hopping. We've got I guess two hundred oh, yeah. and fifty members as of now. And I think I installed that new message board at least two or three years ago and it's really turned uh, I mean, people have really taken to it and it's got a life of its own practically. Yeah, I joined up back in August, uh, yeah. 2006. You have, I I, if I remember your avatar correctly, you've got the first Web of Spider-Man issue as your avatar. Yep, <laughs> yep. Black costume Spidey is my favorite. Oh, so oh you're you really, tell I'm real... you're really gonna like the uh, the new issues, I imagine. Oh yeah, back in black, I'm digging it. Yes. So that that's pretty much the history of the crawl space. Going to celebrate 10 years next year, and it's just slowly. It's, I've got a regular full-time job, and this is kind of more of like a hobby. You know, when I get a chance, I update. Uh, the side post on the board. I've got a nice team of reviewers. Uh, they review the latest issues. Uh, sometimes I'm not the most prompt putting them up there, but right, I do it when right. I can and, and just kind of try to put my own niche out there for a Spider-Man site. You know, the fir- one of the first ones I noticed when I came online in 95 was the spiderfan.org. I mean, oh, yeah, I got that in my favorites. Yep. Along with your, that, yep. that was probably one of the first websites I ever visited. And uh, also, you gotta love samruby.com. Uh, got that as well. Eric is a, is a great guy. We've uh, done a podcast with him uh, through the crawl space. Very good guy. And, yep. And I guess you asked about the, the history of the podcast, how the yeah. Spider Man crawl space started up. It, actually, I think our first one we recorded back in uh, maybe July or August. I'm not, not sure, but. Ba- August, I think it was. August, yeah. And basically, I. I as soon as I discovered podcasting, I was like, yeah, this might be kind of cool on the site. I basically found it through uh, Leo Laporte. He's a tech guy that, that used to be on tech TV a lot. And I have, he's, a, uh, he's a broadcaster that I, I like, and he uh, has a lot of podcasts. If you go to iTunes, you can type in Leo, and you'll find like he has seven different podcasts. And I'm like, this is wow. it's, it's basically like a radio show. On on the internet, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And I could combine my uh, enjoyment of talking and broadcasting with uh, a Spider fan, so I thought it'd be a natural. And I just went online, and it was funny. I found out that you were also starting one up, and I think I beat you by a week or something. It was real close when, yeah, yeah. when both of us went online with it. Yeah, I remember that. I posted. I got the blog site yeah. all set up. I posted news for a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. I was getting ready to do it. And then you put yours out, and I was like, oh, darn. <laughs> It's the battling of the Spider-Man website or the Spider-Man podcast. <laughs> yes, but now we're 
truce on armistice between the two. Yes, we're, we're not co- not no competition. We're, we're we're signing the peace agreement through this show. <laughs> right, exactly. But I've been really I've been really digging the cast. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, recently in episode six, you had a special guest on there. Yes, his name is Jr. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we had Although, one of my favorite writers of all time is Peter David, and it was uh, oh, a few yeah. a couple years ago on the site I I interviewed him. Uh, through email, not through the phone or anything, but through email, he was nice enough to take some uh, questions and answers from me. And I've been reading his stuff literally since his very first issue on Hulk, and I've always been a fan. You know what? It probably predates the Hulk, back in when he uh, was on Spectacular Spider-Man, like in the mid-'80s. Uh, hmm. he, I, even as a, a kid, like maybe 10 or 11, I, I said, man, this is really cool that uh, black costume Spider-Man's teaming up with Daredevil and somebody killed Captain DeWolf. I'm like, that's a cool title. Oh, Gene DeWolf. Gene DeWolf, yeah. yeah. And uh, just really have been following him for most of his comic career and it's just an honor for him to do an interview a couple years ago and then uh, last uh, month or so he agreed uh, to do a podcast with me and I'm like, man... I'm I'm a, I'm a true Peter David fan for life now. <laughs> that was a geek out moment for you, I'm sure. Yeah, it was very cool. I actually got to meet him at a convention. I haven't been to a convention in about ten years, a comic book convention. But uh, he was in Chicago, I think 1996 or 1997, and I got to meet him. And he signed a few books of mine. And so I've talked to him on the phone, met him in person, and uh, he's just a great writer and uh, the guy to talk to the fans and stuff like that. So I really appreciate that. Well, I haven't made it out to a convention yet, but I'm like two hours away from Baltimore, so I plan yeah. on hitting the uh, Baltimore Comic Con. I've only I've been to a couple in my life. I've been to uh, the Saint, a couple of St. Louis ones are a little bit smaller than any of the San Diego or Chicago ones. I've also been to the Chicago convention before it was the Wizard Convention, the Wizard Chicago Convention, and ah, gotcha. I mean you you need to go with the uh, good walking shoes and a, and a big wallet because you're going to want to buy that, everything you see. <laughs> that's the advice I hear everywhere. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, my Chris, my uh, Spider-Man screensaver just went on. You still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm still okay, here. I thought I lost that, ha- that actually happened to me before. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have the Spider-Man 3 uh, uh, screensaver? Uh, I still have to put it up, but uh, oh. yeah, I do have it. I just have to put it. But uh, when you were discussing uh, last podcast, yeah. uh, I think we should talk about Jr. Oh uh, yeah, his site, his site, Spidey Kicks Butt. Love Jr. is a great uh, panelist on that that podcast. Jr. has yes. been uh, he he used to be with uh, oh I think it's oh I can't remember the previous website that he was on, but he used to team up with a website that recently kind of went under. And and uh, he kind of teamed up, kind of like he does with my site, um, Hero Realm. Hero Realm. That's Realm. I couldn't think of the name, but he used to team up with those guys, and they used to announce when his articles are posted, and and uh, right. gave him an op- gave uh, fans an opportunity to voice their opinions on his articles. And once I heard that uh, that was shutting down, I'm like, Jay, I emailed him. I'm like, I've been a fan of your work for a while, and just would love you to come over to the crawl space if you need a new home. And he took me up on the offer. I hear he had a few other offers, but. Uh, I really appreciate him agreeing to come to my site and, and uh, set up shop, if you will, and talk to the fans because he, he's an opinionated fella. He's he's hilarious yes. on the show. I just enjoy his, his presence. Especially where Venom, where Venom yes. is concerned. I had, I had to pull his arm, I think, for him to do a Venom article. I've been after him for years. Well, maybe not years, but for a while now to do a Venom article because Venom is one of my favorite characters. I think he's... He's uh, overexposed, but man, that suit and those teeth are cool. <laughs> I know Todd, Todd McFarlane drawing him is just amazing. Yeah, I think he peaked after McFarlane left. 
I mean, after yeah, I think his his uh, high points was during the McFarlane run. He just when he hit, oh, when definitely. he had a mini series every every month. Or, yeah, that got stale pretty fast. Yeah, very cool. I mean, well, I was gonna say he teamed up with Archie, but that was the Punisher, another character that's been <laughs> yeah, been, that's right. been been whored out, if you will, so much. I've seen that cover before. Yes. <laughs> Punisher and Riverdale. That's yep. That's crazy. Right and then John Romita Jr. do the artwork on on the Marvel angle of that. Oh, no, it was John Buscema, the uh, the legendary John Buscema. But man, I I just went to the archives of my brain for that bit of history. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, uh, when I started the uh, podcast, uh, I got a uh, last Christmas. I uh, got an iPod, mm-hmm. and I was and I I. That was when the, you know they were big and everybody had them. And I was like, oh, I gotta get one of these. And I went on iTunes and I looked for podcasts. And the first podcast I uh, listened to was the uh, Golden Age of Comics oh. uh, by Bill Jordan uh-huh. uh, because I like the uh, old Silver Age and Golden Age stuff. That's where I, most of my collection of essentials and showcases and archives and yeah. masterworks and such. I haven't I haven't and, listened to that show yet. Oh, he he goes he goes really in depth. He knows a lot about, and he has a lot of uh, Golden Age comics, and he has covered Batman, uh, Flash, Green Lantern, all the uh, classic, uh, and some Marvel. He's covered uh, the original Human Torch. Yeah, you know, so he it's a really good show, and he's about to hit uh, episode number fifty. Ah, uh, yeah. So he's been around for a while on the I, podcast. I guess if so. I had to say, well, my favorite comic podcast is. Uh, Guy by the name of John Suntress that does the Word Balloon, he, top of the line stuff. He does a great job. I think he's a Chicago broadcaster that puts that show out, and he's a great. Oh, I've heard about that, but I haven't listened to it yet. Highly recommend uh, I've heard his a lot show. About it, yeah. I well, I should uh, delete some more memory on my iPod and download. <laughs> I, I'm listening to so many podcasts that I don't have that much See, you have, for music. You have me beat. I don't even have an iPod. I listen to all this stuff uh, through my two speakers on the side of the computer. <laughs> uh, I gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, from a uh, golden age of comics, I went to uh, which uh is uh the podcast that's gotten a a lot of notoriety, the uh, Comic Geek Speak. Uh huh. I've listened uh, to podcast. that and then it just branched from there. Uh, listened to a ton of others, uh, the Bullpen Bulletins, which is about um Marvel, and the Raging Bullets, which is about DC, and all sorts of other uh podcasts. Yeah. And I was, I was, you know, listening to them, and I was really into them, and I thought. You know, I got to do one of these. I, I got to get my voice out there. And I was thinking of what to do, and I noticed that there really hadn't been a podcast before about just one character. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's tons about comics in general, and there's some specific, like uh, the one centered on Marvel and DC and the golden age of comics. Mm-hmm. But there hadn't been really one about a character, and so I'm like, well, I should do that one. Yeah. And so, of course, I picked up uh, my favorite character, Spider-Man. Yeah. And I started off for the first... 13 episodes of my show with just a terrible mic, and then I finally <laughs> upgraded to the uh, headset mic. I'm t- you could barely hear the show, yeah. so that was something that speakers should have come in if easy I remember for. correctly from listening to your previous shows, didn't you get one for Christmas? A new yes, mic? Yes, it's, yeah. it's a headset uh, mic, which has really boosted the audio quality, uh, which I was very glad to do because I really wanted to increase the audio quality of the show. You know, we, we're combining our similarities again. I also got a mic. I got a Best Buy gift card, and I went over and bought a, a USB mic, which is a headset and a, also a, a, a microphone on it. So, Oh, uh, gotcha. So my audio... I was just... first couple shows, I was using a uh, just a regular free mic that came with the computer, but now... 
Which is what I did. Yeah, exactly. For an old gateway mic from years and years ago. <laughs> yeah, you got to love that. All your peas pop whenever you say Peter Piper or Peter Parker, actually. Yes, yes, I remember that. <laughs> yep. I got a lot of email about the popping peas on there. All right, well, it was good to reminisce about the uh, origins of yes. Spider podcasting. Yes, this but, was like uh, Marvel Tales. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're reprinting our history. There you go. Yeah, pretty much for all the listeners. There you go. Uh, but we've got uh, our main topic for this uh, episode is going to be about uh, since uh, Valentine's Day was this past Wednesday about uh, some of the various loves that Peter's had uh, throughout his life mm-hmm. in uh, comics. And also, there's something I want to talk to you about uh, okay. before we do that. Okay. But uh, first, I have some news items. Uh, one that really isn't a news item, but I think it's something cool that every uh, Spider fan should be alerted about. Uh, but the first, uh, the actual news item is that Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number 17, the uh, first of the comics to come out uh, with the black and black arc, uh, has sold out a diamond. Yeah, that's good news for Peter David. Well, it's... I, I'm conflicted about that because it reminds me a lot of the other and how when that storyline was going out, yes, the issues for Friendly and Sensational, they both uh, spiked mm-hmm. uh, with the other, but as soon as it was done, they went right back uh, pretty much to where they were. So this will be a little bit of a bump yeah. uh, for the title, but I'm hoping that uh, it gets uh, a few more readers after uh, it's over than it did before. Yeah, I, I, I didn't talk about this with Peter David, but I think the problem why that book isn't selling, say, Amazing Spider-Man numbers is I think the character is just spread so thin. I mean, maybe 10, 11 titles he's in every month, if you count the Spider-Man Adventures and the Young Age stuff, Mary Jane loves Spider-Man. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's three core Spider-Man titles. There's Amazing, you've got uh, Friendly Neighborhood, and Sensational. And people get distracted by Ultimate Spider-Man, which is a great book. Uh, yeah, it is. I just read the uh, epilogue issue to the Clone Saga. Yeah, you've, got ul- you've got Ultimate, you've got oh, event- New Avengers, whenever he pops in. And he's just spread out so much, and I think people are really overlooking that book. I, it's highly recommended. I think Peter David's kind of trying to get back to adding some supporting cast to it, and which is much needed because, as, oh, yeah. as he said during... Especially the, with Flash coming back. Exactly. That, that was a monumental step in reestablishing the supporting cast. And I cast. think they tried to make the Avengers as backup supporting cast. And as, as Peter David said during this cast, it really just doesn't work. <laughs> and the book's been out, what, two years, and still the new Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> You could put the semi-new Avengers if you want. <laughs> well, since it's been rebooted, I guess it's the new, new Avengers. I just don't uh, think we've really got a, a look at that team that, that well. You know, there was a lot of one-shots yeah. of the team, and I just I don't think it's time to reboot and, it quite yet. And the reason I haven't uh, checked it out is because I've heard that it's really a lot of just these big stories with not a lot of action. And when I think <laughs> Avengers, I think just action, which is why I'll be picking up Mighty Avengers, but I think I'm going to stay away from the... Uh, New Avengers. Well, in, in all honesty, it's it's not a bad read. It's just a quick read, and it's it's, right. it's kind of like Chinese food. You're hungry after you read it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so I should basically just buy every trade that's out right now and yeah, just if, sit back. if you want to. I mean, the trade will read quick too. <laughs> <laughs> so what you gonna do? But it's it, it's a good book. I like Bendis a lot. Uh, but you know, it, it's just his books a month is just really quick to read. I know we could probably get into this whole decompression uh, uh, thing oh, yeah. that people... decompression talk yeah, yeah. but that's we that's been that. done to death but it's just yeah it's 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 good but it's not fulfilling if i have to say one i guess that's the best way to sum it up 
Well, uh, here's hoping that uh, Peter David's uh, friendly neighborhood gets a few more issues. Yeah. Uh, boost from the uh, Back in Black, which is, I just read uh, Sensational, and that was good, too. I think both of the Back in Black books have done a good job without giving away too much of what happened after Civil War ended. Yeah. I, I haven't read the, I, I'll get my comics. I, I get them, here, I'll do a plug. I get them from mailordercomics.com, and they always arrive in one big box at the beginning of the month. So I'm I'm not oh, caught up gotcha. on everything with you, but uh, I just read Civil War Six a couple weeks ago. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Civil War Seven's finally coming out, yes. so we get to see what goes down in that. Yeah, that ought to be interesting. But the uh, second uh, news item, which isn't really a news item, is something that was actually posted on the board, which I believe you posted. Uh-huh. Uh, in May, we're getting the Spider-Man newspaper strips hardcover. Oh, uh, yeah. Volume 1. Yes. Oh, yeah. Stan Lee, John Romita Sr. Uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pre-order that right away. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I've been reading the Spider-Man uh, newspaper strip for, again, as long as I've known Spider-Man, and it's... Always, well, especially those first three, four years, I think, when it was just Stan Lee and John Romita Sr. I mean, that's that's great artwork, and Stan Lee, three panels at a time, though, but still. <laughs> right. But it's Lee and Romita. How can you go wrong? Exactly. That's a great team up, and looking forward to that, because it's, it's basically a brand new uh, hardcover collection of a lot of Lee and Romita stories that people have never heard of, never read of, and... Right. So, including me, I've never read or seen them before. Yeah, so, it ought to be good. I'm really looking forward to I it. Ho- I hope it sells well. That it will warrant Marvel to, you know, at least get the book, get the strips printed up to the 90s. I think the last big push I remember for Spider-Man in the newspaper strip is back. I'd say early 90s or mid 90s when uh, it was tying into the X-Men. Uh, the X-Men appear uh, in the uh, new strip, and they pr- put out a book called Spider-Man Mutant Genesis. And they printed a zero-issue and a four-issue miniseries where the Beast and Spider-Man teamed up against the Hobgoblin. And the zero-issue... Which was... Yeah, go, that was actually in the uh, animated series. Yeah. Uh, they had a sort of thing with that. And they, the, the zero book, if I remember correctly, I don't have the book in front of me, but they encouraged you to cut out the strips in the newspaper each day and put it in the book. And, I, and at the, oh. the big geek I am, I actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really divulging how big a Spider-Man geek I am, but I actually did that. And then I put all the little strips inside that book and put it in a plastic bag, and it's it's long and lost in my collection somewhere in one of the big long uh, white boxes. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. Well, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, hardcover. I've got a, a Superman uh, Sunday Classics reprint uh, all the way back from the 40s that oh, wow. uh, I've been reading. Now, so I'm really looking forward to these. Did Superman have a strip? I, see, I'm not a big DC guy. Did he have a newspaper strip also? Oh, back at, not uh, recently, I don't believe. I know uh, back in the 40s, up until the uh, early 50s, oh, yeah, okay. he had a newspaper strip. Yeah. Now, you know, the Incredible Hulk also had a newspaper strip circa when that uh, the Bill Bixby show was on. Well, I can see that. Yeah, he was I, like a loner, and at, at, at the end of every Sunday, he'd have his thumb out hitchhiking. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, so that'll be a cool book. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, well, um, now that we've got the news out of the way, uh, before we delve into the uh, romance thing, uh, there's something I was holding off I want to touch on a little bit here. Uh, apparently, you don't like Spider-Man Rain very much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was That's an interesting debate. You know, that, that miniseries is selling a lot of copies. I saw the recent Newsarama numbers, and... 
And we had this debate on my show last week, and it just is dividing the spider fans, I think. it's. Uh, I just don't dig it. I just don't dig it. Well, I'm on the digging side, so... <laughs> What, what what do you like about it? I, I just don't like the, the artwork or the just the depressing nature of the story. I mean, that doesn't even seem like the character Peter Parker and his world that we've known for 45 years. Well, uh, I'm going to try to, because I want to do an episode uh, about that's, you know, about how all four issues. I don't want to, yeah. you know, give anything away right here. But a couple of things... Uh, I like how I like the whole reveal in issue number three about why uh, Mary Jane was dead. Oh, I haven't read it yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I think I well, just re- I think I just shot the whole thing over what you were going to say, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But well, if you read number three, yeah, I've got it. There's. <laughs> let me say that there's that, and then there's also a big twist uh, okay. that takes place uh, with the whole web uh, project. The whole web project. There's a huge twist with that, which I thought I didn't see coming. Okay. And I thought that was a very interesting twist with what they did with that. Oh. And then towards the end, uh, there's a little uh, geek out moment hmm. that uh, I think you'll get a big kick okay. out of. A very big geek out moment for that. But uh, earlier issues, if I can go back. Yeah, I've only read uh, one and two so far, but I loved uh, Jonah mm-hmm. uh, showing up in there. I thought Jonah, you know, being the last crusader, uh, crusading to try to Expose the corruption uh, going on in the city. I really like Jonah. Yeah. And uh, issue number two, uh, when the hypno hustler showed up, <laughs> I, that I like that a lot. Yeah, I, to see yeah, that, him pull back into that. I thought that was great. Yeah, that's that's uh, the one bright spot, in my opinion, of the whole mini series. Yes. The pimp is back, ladies and gentlemen. The hypno hustler. <laughs> Pretty much, and he's back with his music as there well. There you go. You can't keep a player and, down. There you go. <laughs> But Disco dies again. Yes. And Dazzler's in issue four. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, how perfect would that be? There you go. Maybe they would hook up. That'd be perfect. Dazzler and the Hypno Hustler. Maybe maybe together they would would create a uh, new music group. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I thought that initially, uh, I didn't think I'd enjoy it very much with the artwork. I didn't like the artwork initially, but the more I read it, I thought that the artwork really. And I understand what you're saying, how it's depressing, mm-hmm. and how every well, it's that's the big uh, future thing is it has to be a bleak, uh, end of the world kind of future, uh, with all the future stories pretty much. Yeah, you, you and Morbius uh, would get along perfectly because he 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 really dug the book. I guess if I yeah, I, I guess I'm more of a, a glass half full kind of guy. I, I like the the future Spider Girlish kind of theory, if, right? So, but that actually. That's also one of the things I like about it, is that Norman's not in it. Yeah. Because I, because the Green Goblin, I mean, in the past uh, recent years, he's been used so many times since he came back. Yeah. And so it's it's good to see uh, his last, Spider-Man's last stand be Normanless. Yeah. And they don't have to go back into that. I think he just created a new word, Normanless. <laughs> Normanless. <laughs> not normal, right. it's Normanless. <laughs> Yeah, Stephen Colbert got truthiness last year and uh, hey, Normanless. Web- That's this year. Webster's Dictionary is going to be calling any minute. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be in print. There you go. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I dig Spider-Man Rain. I know you didn't uh, oh, yeah. like it that much. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And uh, I'm going to have a big uh, episode down the line once issue four comes out where we're going to check out all four at the same time yeah. and – See the story is one big thing. 
Cool. But uh, so check out issue three. Uh, I think you'll. It might turn you around see, on the whole See, thing. this is giving uh, counter-programming for webheads. If you never want to see a whole show devoted to R- Spider-Man Reign, then listen to the Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast, because I'm not doing Pretty it. Much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. All right, well, that's out of the way. All so right. uh, let's get into uh, Peter's up-and-down uh, love life oh, man. that he's experiment- experienced over the years. I thought I had bad luck with women. This poor guy. <laughs> yeah, just one, uh, one after another. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you want to hit on? Do you want to talk about it from the very beginning, or what, what do you? How do you want to? Uh, I've got it from the beginning. Dude. Okay. I've got uh, five uh, women in his life. Let me see if or I how, let me see if I can name them. Uh, the little quiz. Uh, start with the first one, Betty Brant. Is that one? Uh, well, she's on there, but not number one. Okay. Well, the uh, not number one. Huh. I thought that she was the first one he ever hit on. But oh well, no, Liz Osborne. That's right, Liz Allen. Yes, yes, Got it. Liz Allen. Got it. That's number one. Liz Allen. Betty Brant's number two. Uh, Gwen Stacy. Number three. Uh, Mary Jane. Number four. And I, I think Deb Whitman predates Felicia, if I'm guessing. Right. Ding ding ding. There you go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the it. Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, Congratulations. Thank you. I won a new spider car. Thank you. Unfortunately, it's a Hot Wheel. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, yeah, you got, I guess we... The spider, you got the spider mobile. There you go. It, sadly, it's on cinder blocks in the front yard. <laughs> yeah. It's a little waterlogged as well. There you go. It's, it's got a lot of continuity holes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Oh, this is bad punning. Oh no, this is a Spider-Man one, not the Punisher. Okay, never mind. I'll, we can start <laughs> with the Liz Allen if you want. Right, Liz Allen. Uh, first appearance, uh, Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. I don't know if she. I don't think she was named. Uh, she was just yeah. part of the uh, group that was picking on uh, Peter uh, Peter Parker yeah. in the beginning. Uh, you know, if we go back that far, I don't have the issue in front of me. But I, I think maybe Amazing Fantasy 15, there was a, isn't the first image you ever see of Peter Parker? Uh, is a big panel, and there's a bunch of kids standing around. He's like in the shadows. Isn't there a blonde there? Right. Maybe that was Liz Allen. I'm not sure. Yeah, that that was her. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was her. Okay. That was, because Flash, I'm pretty sure Flash was uh, yeah. in that, so I'm pretty sure that was intended to be Liz. Yeah. But uh, Liz was uh, with... Uh, Flash Thompson, mm-hmm. and uh, if I, I haven't looked at my masterworks in a while, but I believe uh, towards the end, uh, before the uh, graduation issue in uh, number 28, uh, she started to drift more towards uh, Peter right. than uh, from Flash, because she wanted to go uh, smarter. Right. Because Flash is only limited so much. Uh, right, but- and even more so far uh, right now. <laughs> well, he got better. Kind of like Aunt May. She got better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Liz Allen, uh, you know, typical blonde teenager. Uh, yeah. Not a real fan, but, you know, she got kind of interesting when she married Harry Osborne. Uh, and uh, a little bit before that, when uh, we found out she had a connection to the Molten Man. I oh, yeah. That was, uh, That's true. Right. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, it's just one of those high school friends I don't, you don't think is right for Peter. Um, right. Just a typical high schooler. Um I think she's been used limitedly in the Ultimate Universe. I think they have a Liz Allen there, don't they? Um, I think they do. Is isn't she a Mary Jane's friend? Yeah, in I that think universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
There's also Tandy Bowen, I think is her name. She's uh, Dagger, but you haven't seen her yet in the Ultimate Universe either. Yeah, that's familiar. I yeah. That name's familiar to me. Right. Yeah, Liz Allen, uh, kind of blasé, kind of like vanilla ice cream. Kind of bland, like. Kind of. But it was interesting how uh, she, in the graduation issue, um, we didn't see any of her until way into the uh, 130s yeah. or so, from issue 28. Yeah. She she kind of disappeared, kind of like she's in a lull. You know, you haven't seen her in a long time in the uh, the modern books, the main three. But uh, you haven't yeah. seen much of the supporting cast at all. I. Th- well, Liz did show. Liz did show up in the uh, Peter uh, Deadly Foes of Peter Parker arc yeah. and uh, Sensation. And the last appearance I remember of her was wasn't even in a Spider-Man book. It was uh, in Daredevil. She dated Foggy, Foggy uh, Nelson. Really? And uh, that was maybe late '90s where she did that. And there was like a little uh, Liz Allen subplot. But that was really the last I ever saw Liz Allen. I, I mean, she can come back if you want. Maybe. She's dead. Well, Harry's dead, so what can you do? Oh, uh, he's he's dead today, my friend. He may be back tomorrow. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Marvel. That watch that be the whole reason Civil War was fought because Harry was. Harry's behind, behind it all, dude. <laughs> yeah, it always has to. Be, it always has to be an Osborne. No doubt. Uh, the kid, what's the Norman Junior? He'll be behind the next Normie, big, big Normie, plot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even though he's a kid, he'll be the mastermind behind the total destruction yes. of the Marvel I love it how uh, he's slowly getting older, yet Spider-Man's not. You know, I, I think he's he's <laughs> like much. nine or ten, kind of like the kid for the lizard kid. What he he was? Yes, Billy. He he drifts yeah. back and forth. I think he was a uh, like an eight-year-old, and he was a fifteen-year-old, and he shows up like ten years later. He's another eight-year-old. Yeah, I, I remember that in uh, one of the later issues, uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, he, he looked much older, and then. He got a little younger. Yeah, so. kind of like if it's not a Spider-Man reference, but uh, the Fantastic Four. You know, the Val, Valeria, the daughter. Oh, she, all that. She's getting older yeah. too. Anyway, we're drifting off topic. I'm sorry. Yeah, back to Spider-Man. <laughs> Meanwhile, back of the web. <laughs> uh, well, we've hit Liz Allen, so let's go to okay. uh, Betty Brandt. First appearance, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number four, uh, secretary to uh, Jay Jonah. Mm-hmm. I I've liked I like Betty Brandt. I think. Uh, before we were even introduced uh, to Mary Jane, I thought this could be like a possible love interest. You know, she's got a lot of baggage, though. Um, yeah, especially uh, around issue eleven and twelve when her brother uh, died. Yeah, with the uh, Doctor Octopus yeah. uh, storyline in there. But I, I like her her modern appearances uh, in Friendly Neighborhood. Oh yeah, right in Friendly. Yeah, yeah, she 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 was portrayed really well in there, especially when uh, she stuck it to Deb Whitman for. Uh, <laughs> Yes, doing the book exactly. I, I I like that they're bringing her back. She's been gone for a while. I like her as a a, a gutsy reporter. I think that's k- kind of like a Lois Laneish kind of reporter that would go out with Peter and Peter would take pictures and uh, right. I, I always thought that would be her best suit. Uh, I, I like her. I like the character that portrayed the actress that portrays her in the movies too. I think she has limited uh, a limited role, but when she's on the screen, yeah. she's really cool. And she really, uh, even though she has a limited role, she really portrays the whole cheerleader uh, for Peter yeah. uh, role. Mm-hmm. Hopefully she has a bigger part in number three. I, th- I think I've seen some previews of Eddie Brock hitting on her and stuff like that. So, Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from the bad boys, Betty. <laughs> Especially when their name's Brock and they've got a gigantic uh, alien symbiote. I'm glad uh, you finished that with alien symbiote. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
getting raid number one flashback. Uh, <laughs> oh <boy>. Sorry. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Betty. <laughs> yeah, back. And uh, she ended up uh, marrying uh, Ned Leeds, yes. who was a. Uh, now, and he uh, was faked out as being the hobgoblin, which was uh, man that just got convoluted with the the Ned yes step yeah. convolution. Yeah, and uh, actually, uh, I remember Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. mentioning that one of the readers actually pointed him to an issue of Amazing, where it was hinted that uh, Betty and Peter actually slept together. Oh, uh, I I, I forgot about that. One eighty something. Really? One eighty something. Yeah. Wow. You know, Peter Parker's sex life could be a whole different show. <laughs> As opposed to his first loves. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, who's number three? I guess Gwen Stacy? Yes, my favorite. Yeah, t- uh, you like her Gwen more Stacey. than Mary Jane? Uh, Well, yeah, I'd have to say so. I mean, because, I, because part of me thinks that how could Peter have gotten Mary Jane? I mean, she's a supermodel, uh, you know, and he's sort of the nerdy... Uh, Kind of guy, but I mean, Gwen, she had. Yeah. You're pouring your Mountain Dew, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> how did you know that? I was actually taking because a sip fizz, of the, the Mountain fizz, Dew. The fizz came. The fizz came on the other end of the line. <laughs> and I was like, "What is that?" That's, yes, it's it's Mountain Dew. Uh, do, this podcast is brought to you by the MD. <laughs> do the do. There you go. Okay. You, you but, were saying uh, Gwen, you were you were surprised yeah, Gwen, how she, Mary Jane would hook up with Spider Man. Yeah, and I mean, Gwen, she had uh, brains, and she had uh, beauty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I thought that and uh, her character, uh, it was interesting, the evolution of her character, because when she originally appeared in Ditko, mm-hmm. uh, she wasn't very attractive, and she had a much more domineering uh, personality to her. And then when Romita took over, she yeah. became pretty much more attractive and more caring. Blonde bombshell. Uh, you know, if you think about yeah, it, I, I haven't really thought about this, but uh, just by talking about it, She's kind of like a refined Liz Allen in college, you know. He's always yeah, he, pretty much. He, yeah, I can see he that. He pretty yeah. much has a blonde that uh, is interested in him, and he uh, Gwen appeared when he went to college. So you know, I don't. I, I wonder what happened to Liz. Did she she kind of drop off the scene? I guess when Gwen came on the scene. Yeah, um, yeah. Gwen appeared in uh, ASM number thirty-one in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz Allen's last appearance was in number 28, so... Yeah, it's just yeah. a refined uh, Liz Allen, I guess. Pretty much. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I remember the uh, whole issue number 60 of Amazing Spider-Man where Peter, he's uh, just had the bow with the kingpin involving the uh, whole uh, thing where he got Captain Stacy under his control. Right. And uh, Peter just uh, realizes after the whole thing where... Uh, Gwen thought that Captain uh, Stacy had been attacked by Peter, right. and he realized that he actually was in love with her. Right. And so that that was a, uh, I mean, Betty was sort of a, you know, uh, not really a real love between them, more of an infatuation. But Gwen was really uh, the first uh, yeah. girl that Peter really loved. Right. And and um, I guess we'll talk about this when we hit up Mary Jane. But I I just didn't really dig Gwen Stacy. I mean. Uh, maybe it was before my time. I, I mean, I read the old uh, Ditko and Romita issues through Marvel Tales back when I was younger. But my girl was always Mary Jane. That's the one I always liked. I was always, I was there for the wedding. It, well, I mean, not personally, but <laughs> I bought the issue. Oh, you know, speaking of the wedding, yeah. uh, I actually found this uh, on the internet at uh, some baseball uh, stadium. I think uh, in New York, they actually staged a uh, fake wedding. 
uh, with somebody dressed up as Mary Jane, somebody dressed up as uh, yeah. Spider-Man. Did you, do you remember Peter David talking about how he wrote the vows in the last podcast? That That's where I got from. Yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, I remember I remember, that. see- I I remember seeing those pictures years ago. They were uh, in an old Marvel Age book. That was basically uh, like a previews book now, but... Yeah, I, I have uh, like one issue or two issues of that actually yeah, they, that I got in a fifty cent bin. Yeah, they kind of printed some of those pictures back in Marvel Age. I remember seeing those back in the day. And also, um, I don't know if I bought the the trade paperback back in the eighties, but the Spider-Man Wedding trade paperback. Uh, I think in my book they reprinted some of those pictures in the back of that book. I'm not sure if the recent oh. printings have those pictures of the the baseball field, but. Uh, uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I think Firestar was even one of the people in the in the picture. I'm not sure. Really? Wow. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. Yep. You know, before we move on to Mary Jane, we could talk a bit about Gwen Stacy. You know, the the recent addition to her character. Well, uh, before that, before that, okay. I want to hit on uh, how well she met her end untimely. Oh yeah, uh, we got to hit that. Due to Norman. Yeah. In the death of Gwen Stacy, which I I remember. Uh, well, I. Watching the 90s series, I had no idea that Norman got killed off. I had no idea that it was Gwen Stacy. Yeah. I was very deprived. Uh, but I can uh, remember uh, I remember when I I was off uh, comics for a while. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, around the time the uh, second movie came out, uh, Barnes & Noble had their trade paperback masterworks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I picked up the uh, first volume of that so I could see the uh, very first stuff. And then I also got uh, the Sixth Essential, which reprinted the uh, death of Gwen Stacy. And that whole storyline was just uh, fantastic. I mean, especially uh, how they kept – I like how they kept the ending of it, the title of it, the actual title, till the very last page. Yeah. uh, To keep the suspense building. Yeah, the the first time I read that book, again, was in Marvel Tales. It's probably – Issue 192. I'm geeking out. I, I don't know why that number comes to me, but Marvel Tales reprinted that book, and I was always, uh, I read it for the first time, like maybe in the 80s, and I was just like, wow. So that's the history of Gwen Stacy, because, you know, you're reading the modern books, and he always pines and talks about Gwen Stacy, and I finally read that book. I'm like, wow, that's really how it happened. But I can't imagine back in the 70s when that came out, before previews, before, you know, three months in advance what's coming out, to see that last oh, yeah. page with her neck broken, you you probably yeah. were like, whoa. That's, that, that, was, that must have been a total unexpected moment. Yeah, that's a total cliffhanger, and, and heck, we're still talking about it 30 years later. And, yeah, because it's one of uh, maybe even uh, Spider-Man's greatest uh, story in there, but also, God, I just lost my train of thought. Darn it. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> went for more. Something I wanted to say about uh, that, but that's really uh, where Peter. Well, uh, if you watch uh, the uh, Spider-Man Two DVD, right. uh, the special features they talk about the whole Gwen and uh, Mary Jane thing, where how Mary Jane was a party girl and Gwen was more of a quiet, you know, caring uh, sort of individual, and they sort of decided to go with uh, Mary Jane, yeah, uh, over Gwen Stacy, right. But uh, that was just when you hit issue number one twenty-two, and Peter, he's just, you know, just he's he's he hit his breaking point. Yeah. You, and there's the whole sequence where he just leaves uh, Harry all drugged out and freaked out, mm-hmm. you know, just to go beat up on Norman. And he almost kills him. I mean, he's so close to 
I, just taking Norman out. I think also what uh, really impresses the Spider fan, you know, that that issue kind of reinforces the great power, great responsibility. I mean, he yeah. he wasn't there for Aunt, Aunt uh, Uncle Ben, he, and he wasn't there for Gwen Stacy to rescue her, you know, and and it just kind of reinforces that whole great power stuff. Yeah. Oh, here's a here's a trivia question okay. for you. Who was the person who told Peter, uh, with great power comes great responsibility? Uh, let's see. Well, if you go by the movies, it's Uncle Ben. Not the rice, but the uncle. Uh, but <laughs> is it is it different? Is it the answer not Uncle Ben? or is it? Well, actually, you know, I remember uh, I actually saw this on a blog. It's called, on uh, Comic Book Resources called uh, Comics Should Be Good. Uh, the guy who writes it has this thing called Comic Book Urban Legends. And apparently, if I remember cor- correctly, uh-huh. Uncle Ben never told him, with great power comes great responsibility. That was actually the last, the... Uh, Little box on the last page of Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. Right. Well, Sp- was actually where that was. Yeah. Th- doesn't Spider-Man say it out loud to himself or something like that? Uh, no, not even him. It's just uh, oh. the box. Oh, the narrator. The narrator. Says narrator. It. Okay. Right. The narrator. So Stan Lee told him. That's that's the uh, right. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. I'll be. I mean, everybody. Yeah. I mean, everybody thinks it's Uncle Ben, but apparently, it's it, Uncle Ben never said that to him. Wow. Maybe in one of those negative one issues it was established. Oh, uh, it was probably retcon. It was probably retcon. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I could see him doing that too. On all those Uncle oh, Ben yeah. flashbacks that Paul Jenkins did, I imagine he said it somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. But uh, from the death of Gwen Stacy, we have to unfortunately go to a recent tarnishment of Gwen's memory. Yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> nice to know where you agree on one comic for a change. This one I dislike, too. <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, I, I remember I wasn't actually uh, picking up the monthly comics at the time. I just recently uh, got monthlies. I've been mostly getting my stuff in trade until just recently, uh, back in November. Yeah. Uh, but I remember hearing about the whole Sins past and that Norman and uh, Gwen Stacy had kids, and I just flipped yeah. out. Uh, that they would do that. Yeah, I, I kind of don't really get the point. I mean, Straczynski's been a fan for years. Oh no, no, no! You you want to know the point? What was the point? This is, <laughs> this is right. This is right to Marvel management. Okay. It's been said that JMS wanted the parent of the kids to be Peter. Right. And you know, um, I mean, I can understand. I mean, if they had to do it, then that I would have been okay with if they had to do that. Well, but yeah. apparently, the higher ups didn't want Peter to be the father because it would make him. Too old. Yeah. Well, the, he's married. He's had a kid, but he's too old to have kids with his first. They pro- I mean, probably saw the online community fight if that happened because for years Spider-Man fans have been wondering what happened to Baby May. What happened to Baby May? And if they give him two bastard kids from <laughs> from Gwen Stacy thirty years ago, oh, the internet would explode. <laughs> well, would you rather have that, or would you rather have Norman? I mean, oh my God, what? I would rather have. First Peter of all, I don't. Norman. Straczynski was writing for fans. I don't know who the hell he was writing for. Morbius is going to kill me about this because he loves JMS. But I just... I, well, I like him too. I mean, I, Babylon 5 right there. That's I didn't just, really uh, watch it, but he, I, if I had to give him a grade for, as a Spider-Man writer, I'd probably give him a B- minus because he, he, yeah. he's, he's okay, but a couple... He's hit and miss. He's hit and miss. Very much uh, so. With his story, yeah. And I didn't like the Spider-Totem. I really didn't like the... Gwen Stacy. I mean, who was he writing for? The the average comic fan. He was writing for Joe Quesada. I guess he was he was, he was writing for uh, a story that happened 30 years ago. I mean, advance yeah. the story a little bit more. If we're gonna go back, and I, I, and I can't remember if it was J uh, J R yeah. or uh, that was the explanation Straczynski 
gay, but apparently in the whole thing where uh, they're, uh, Gwen and uh, Captain Stacy are held captive and Norman saves uh, the both of them, that's where it's supposed to happen. I mean, yeah. that's just bull. I mean, yeah. even if Pe- her and Peter were estranged, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, why would she even do that? I mean, because she's always been the innocent, pure... Uh, type of person in the books, and I mean, it's totally out of character for her to do that. That's that's probably why JMS, in my opinion, is not an A writer on Spider-Man. It's because I think he doesn't advance. I think he progresses more than he does because he likes to go back to those old stories that he probably read when he was a kid, the Gwen Stacy story, the the how Spider-Man got bit by or Peter got bit by a spider. He, he those are his main two impacts on the title over his run. He, he's changed the whole. I guess, agenda for the spider biting him on the hand. I mean, it can't just be a regular yeah, Spider-Man. It's got to yeah. be a spider with an agenda. I didn't like that. And Doctor Strange has to pop up every... Yeah, Doctor Strange issue. is in it. Well, he's, in, he's now his teammates now on <laughs> New Avengers. Well, there. that's true. Yeah, but so give that book to JMS. I, have I just wish JMS would have progressed, you know, instead progressed the storyline, thought of new stuff instead well, of different twists on did, the past. He did. There, there are certain uh, parts of his run where he did progress the character. I mean... Yeah. Well, he had the whole reveal with uh, Aunt May learning uh, Peter's secret. You see, that, that storyline I really enjoy. I, I thought that after was... Dying, a... After dying numerous times, <laughs> she finally found out. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, having him uh, become a teacher. Yeah, that was uh, different. Progressing past the photographer uh, role he had. Yeah, I'm, I'm... So he has done some advancements, but also he's done some stuff that's just... Yeah. Uh, I think if he could, should be praised on, on one thing... It's the Aunt May. He made that character night and day. He really made you care a little bit more about Aunt May. He really made her more of a rounded character. Uh, so yeah. JMS gets a lot of praise for that, in my opinion. Well, uh, so let's close out Gwen Stacy. Uh, yep. Good character, but uh, Joe Quesada. Uh, shaking my fist at you. <laughs> my cyber fist. Beware. Yes. <laughs> I guess we got to uh, hit but- my favorite up next, huh? Yeah, um, Mary Jane. Yes, that's uh, who was hinted at uh, off and on uh, throughout uh, the Ditko Lee run, but we finally got her first appearance. Yeah, uh, f- uh, full on in uh, issue number. Her first forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah, I guess maybe twenty-five. Was that her covered by a little rose bush or something? That her. Yeah, that was that, and then yeah. Betty and Liz were both like. Mouths drop. You know, to go along the same uh, discussion point, you know how Liz was like the first girl that he liked, and Gwen right. was the second. I think with Mary Jane, the third time was a charm. I really think Stan yeah. Lee got it right with her, in my opinion. But yeah, because you know she, I just I've always enjoyed Mary Jane. I've always thought she's a great character. She's kind of an extrovert, supports him, doesn't seem really yeah. frail. I mean. She's taken out a lot of super, more bad guys and some, like Speedball. Yeah. I mean, Speedball doesn't have a number on. Well, I guess Speedball was a bad example, but <laughs> he's a little emo, right? Yeah, now, exactly. So. But uh, Mary Jane, you she give her a baseball bat and she'll take out half the Sinister Six. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that happening. Yes. <laughs> but I, again, my favorite. Uh, supporting uh, cast member of Spider-Man is Mary Jane. I just think she's a great character. Rounded, uh, you, you know that she's always got the Peters back, even in times when they've been separated. I blame that on the writers more than that character, because they always say the characters yeah. write themselves. But uh, just the perfect 
better half of Peter Parker, in my opinion. And there were numerous uh, issues where he actually uh, proposed to her, but uh, she always pushed him away until right. she eventually finally made peace with her past and with her father, and she was able to move on and marry him in annual number 21. Yep, I've, I have both issues. That's one of the very first variants, you know, with the they have Spider-Man in the suit. Uh, marrying her with the hero's back background. And then there's the villains, uh, yep. villains as well. Yeah. And uh, then, uh, well, I agree with you. I mean, she definitely has. Uh, and, uh, I mean, if you go back to the death of Gwen Stacy where Peter is distraught and he basically snaps at her and, mm-hmm. you know, really hurts her feelings, she still sticks behind yeah. uh, to get him through this. I think that so she's definitely been They a planted the seeds crucial. right there of uh, what who his next love interest is going to be right when she died. But you, oh, yeah, it was a battle between the two. Yeah. Uh, and Mary Jane was pretty much just like, I mean, she was with Harry, but she was really not with him. I right. mean, she really wanted to be with Peter. Yeah, and, I, and then we got the whole big revelation uh, later on uh, that she actually knew he was uh, yeah, a little, Spider-Man. A little retcon. I think that was Tom DeFalco that did that back in 250, Amazing 257 where – uh, he yeah, said, around the 250s. She said, I've known all yeah. these years, and dun-dun-dun, yeah. and then you go to the Well, that's a cliffhanger right exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, before we move on to the next girl, I, we got to discuss the spider marriage with uh, Mary Jane. I mean, that, that the spider community is... Do you like the spider marriage? Love the, I, well, I, I mean, I, I've grown with it so many years. I mean, it's been 87 since they got married. Okay, well, I like the spider marriage, too. Yeah. Who doesn't like the spider marriage? Uh, Joe Casada. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You win again. Holy cow, it's part game show, part podcast. Gotta love it. <laughs> well, you've already got the Spider-Mobile, and now you've got a pair of web shooters. Do you want to go for the Daily Bugle? Oh, Daily Bugle time. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but, yeah, I like the spider marriage. I mean, uh, I hate to keep going back to what Peter David said, but in the last show he said, you know, if you want a single Peter Parker... You've got Ultimate Spider-Man. You've got Mary Jane Love Spider-Man. You got Spider-Man Adventures. He's single. Yeah. They don't sell as well as the main titles. Uh, Spider-Man. Well, there's there's a number of uh, yeah. reasons for that, but I I see what you're getting at. And also, I mean, it's he's he's I know they keep talking about wanting to keep him young, but he's not young. I mean, he's grown up. He's gone to high school. He's yeah. gone on to college. He's, I mean, you don't. He's you don't want constantly uh, evolving. You don't want a Charlie Brown character. You don't want a Bart Simpson character. That's always right. going to stay eight. I mean, this kid's gone from eighteen, I'd say, to twenty-eight. I think he's aged about ten years, over forty-five. Yeah. And and I mean, if you if you think about mm-hmm. it, out of all the uh, characters in comics, he's probably the most realistic. Yeah, he's uh, the everyman human, hero. Yeah, he is. He's the everyman hero, and the everyman. Every man grows. You know, he's not a teenager all of his life. He's not a college kid all of his life. He's a, they right. grow up to an adult. I mean, they progress uh, like humans do, and that's why we love that character so much. It's because he, that's why we love the marriage. Exactly, because it's a sign of him uh, uh, getting on, moving on with his life, and going into new and phases. I, and I think if they life. do a, a whole Dallas, he wakes up in the shower, and he's. He's a single again. Everybody's going to have an outcry, like the Clone Saga, saying, ah, "That's not Definitely, my Spider-Man. Yeah. That's not my Peter Parker. That's it's all going to be fixed in a few years, and they'll be married." And and I, I think uh, it's something that you can't really go back on without feeling cheated uh, as a longtime fan. So pretty much, yeah. yeah. And that's my two cents. <laughs> all right. Well, let's hit up the the last. Uh, uh, girl that I chose uh, to take a look at as okay. love interest, uh, Deborah Whitman. Oh, you skipped uh, over think... Felicia? Felicia's one of my favorites, too. Well, let's talk about Felicia okay. for a little bit. Um, 
I guess Amazing 194, first appearance for her. Off the uh, yeah. off the top of my head, I don't have a cheat sheet. That sounds about right. That sounds about right to me. That sounds about right to me. Yeah, I I think um, this was in a lull in the '80s uh, where they really hooked up, where Mary Jane wasn't so much in the scene, and right. and Spider Man or Peter Parker really hasn't had a bad girl, you know. And no, not really. And but he got one. He got a hell of a one. <laughs> And mainly that that storyline progressed in spectacular Spider-Man throughout the, throughout the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the the book where you saw Spider-Man teaming up with uh, the Black Cat, and really just a great character. You know, you like her when she shows up. I mean, she's not she's easy on the eyes, and she's also kind of fun. She's like if yeah. if Mary Jane was a cat burglar, she'd be Felicia Hardy. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. But uh, one of the things about her character is that. Like how she was in love with Spider-Man, she wasn't in love with Peter Parker. Right. That's because when Peter decided to reveal his identity to her, she was sort of you know underwhelmed about the whole yeah, thing. That, she was in love with the mask and not the person behind that it. That sounds like a kinky website fetish, you know. You got to have the mask on, baby. <laughs> oh God. So that yeah, that's just a. I thought it was a neat twist, you know, the dual identity of Peter Parker, the Spider-Man, and the regular Everyman guy. And she chose the the sexier one, the the one that climbs the walls and stuff like that. I thought that was just a neat plot, and she's kind of grown over the years. I, you want to talk about kinky? <laughs> well, she's got she's got the whip, son. <laughs> or is that cat one? Yeah, there. Yeah, we're we crossing universe. We're crossing. <laughs> yeah, don't now? don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, over the years, she's really become an ally to him. Uh, I remember maybe in the mid early 90s, uh, she came back and she started dating Flash Thompson to try to get even right. with Peter for marrying Mary Jane. And I, I kind of like... And actually, in Amazing Spider-Girl, they have a daughter uh, together, I believe. Yes, and also, she's well, she's now bisexual, too. So, uh, the cat... Uh, the cat woman. Black cat is... Uh, Are you referring to the whole uh, evil that men do? Yeah, she, uh, she's, she's... Well, in the Spider-Girl, she also has a girlfriend. Really? Yeah, now. she does. Uh, it's one of the early issues of Spider Girl. She has a girlfriend, so hmm. one of the rare characters <laughs> in the Marvel universe. Oh, uh, oh yeah. I think we're going in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. Creating off to the cliff. Creating off the cliff. <laughs> Do you like Felicia Hardy? Do you like uh, Black Cat? Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I uh, her latest appearance in uh, Sensational, I thought was uh, yeah, that was really well done with that. Solid. But. Yeah, I like. I mean, they did a lot with her in the '90s uh, series. Yeah, uh, it was sort of Felicia and Mary Jane. You know, Felicia kind of filled in the. Uh, she was kind of a merger of a uh, Gwen Stacy. She was the uh, pretty blonde attending, you know, uh, university with Peter. Yeah, I always think it's kind of funny. I on my website, uh, I have a uh, image gallery. And you can sort the pictures however you want. I've got a ton of Spider-Man pictures, a ton of uh, Mary Jane, Black Cat, Marvel Universe. And you can sort the pictures by the most viewed pictures. And <laughs> inevitably, the scantily clad Black Cat Mary Jane pictures are always at the top. <laughs> so you got to love us wow. fanboys. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think Felicia is well-loved in the Spider-Universe. I, I, I think she could even warrant her own title. But I don't think Heroes for Hire is it. I think she's just on the cover to sell books yeah. because I I'm not digging that title at all. I mean I I mainly well, picked I haven't it, looked at it. I mainly picked it up for her, and she is not in it hardly at all. So yeah, it would be nice if she got a book to call her own. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, you want to you want to go back to Deb Whitman? 
Okay, what kind of yeah, let's hit, okay. let's hit quickly on uh, Deb because there's not really much to go into with Deb Whitman. She was sort of a uh, mm-hmm. she appeared uh, mostly in spectacular, even though her first appearance was in Amazing 196. Right. Uh, most of her storyline was in spectacular, and while this is something I touched on last episode, while uh, Gwen and Mary Jane were pretty much put out uh, with Peter for uh, ditching him, mm-hmm. uh, she took it a lot more harshly because she was a lot more emotional yeah. and you know a little. Uh, shaken, yeah. She and they. She had those big uh, Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> yeah. She had that. She just seemed like a an emotional baggage. I guess if Spider Man had the the nice girl with Gwen, had the party girl with uh, Mary Jane, this one was the psycho girlfriend that we've all had. That just yeah, cause she had a psychic. She had a breakdown. Uh, oh yeah, a little bit. Down One the line, of those yeah. early covers I remember was uh, I think Spec Spidey number seventy four. Where uh, uh, just Spider-Man's hopping all over her face, if I remember that cover correctly. That's one of Jr.'s uh, least favorites. Oh man, uh, on his top ten worst. Oh, <laughs> where she just well she she left in the I'd say early '80s, and she it took her 20 years to come back in Friendly Neighborhood recently. So, which is Peter David just going back trying to build back the supporting. And cast. I think I think it's awesome that uh, she came back with a tell-all book. I, I like that angle. Yeah. If you're gonna bring her yeah, back, I really bring like her like going into. The, yeah, I like that they touched on the uh, women yeah. in Peter's life. You know, uh-huh. after him uh, revealing his identity. Because I mean, that that's totally plausible. You know, whenever a celebrity is made in the media, all the girlfriends that you've ever had, man, they come out with a book. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> not that I know that personally, but <laughs> but I imagine if I was a big superstar, name and lights, Brad Pitt instead of Brad Douglas, I think uh, the exes would come from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just got, what is it, a George Strait song stuck in my head. I don't know. <laughs> something. There uh, you well. go. All right, well, that about uh, wraps up this episode. Uh, Brad, thanks for uh, coming on. Thank you, sir. That's a lot of fun to merge the two Spider-Man universes together. And you want to give out the address of your uh, website? Yeah, it's the uh, SpiderManCrawlspace.com. Uh, been up online since 1998, and we've got a hopping forum if you want to come over and, and discuss this show or listen to the podcast. We, we uh, do the Spider-Man Crawlspace podcast once a month. Uh, coming up in March, we've got uh, Tom DeFalco, the writer of uh, Spider-Girl, and we's all, we also have Ron Friends, the artist. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. Dude, all it takes is an email. These guys are pros, and they're, they're really... Uh, friends to their fans and I appreciate that so yeah uh, and Chris I appreciate it. it's been a lot of fun my friend yes it has well uh, if you want to uh, check out me why my website is the amazing spidercast.podmac.com where uh, Brad Douglas's podcast is uh, also hosted on there as well cool on the uh, podmac site thank you sir and uh, email is uh, amc spidercast at gmail.com and I really uh, appreciate any emails about how I'm doing the show, anything you'd like to see. And if you're on Skype, uh, if you'd like to come on the show, uh, just uh, email me, and I'll see uh, when I can fit you into the schedule. And I actually just got a email uh, about episode 14 where I, I mispronounced uh, Puny Parker's Punny Parker. <laughs> so if you want to correct my grammar, uh, you're free to do that as you well. You could have gone a lot of different ways that were a lot dirtier if you were <laughs> careful. <laughs> Well, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, that about uh, wraps up the show for tonight. Uh, Thomas DJ's uh, got another uh, random review. Uh, this one's uh, Giant Size Spider-Man number one with uh, Dracula, if I uh, remember correctly, that issue. Yeah. So uh, next week, I think I'm going to hit up the uh, Master Planner uh, storyline 
uh, amazing uh, 31 to 33. Uh, great uh, Lee Ditko uh, arc there. Yes. Classic storytelling right there from the 60s. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that about wraps up the show. Uh, Brad, uh, see you on the uh, crawl space. All right. You're, you're a regular member. Come on and post. <laughs> I definitely will. All right. Well, bye, everyone. I'll see you next week. I'm Tom DJ, and this is another SpiderCast Random Review. This time, Giant Size Spider-Man number 1, July 1974, Ship of Fiends, written by Jerry Conway, art by Ross Andrew, inks by Don Heck. Many are the times when Marvel experimented with alternate formats, stretching back to the attempt to pull Spider-Man into a full-blown magazine named Spectacular Spider-Man in 1968. Another attempt was the initiation of the Giant Size line in 1974, with books devoted to the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Man-Thing, and even a little group calling itself the X-Men. And even Spidey got, not one, but two giant-sized books to reflect the two books he was in at the time, Amazing and Marvel Team-Up. Of course, just to confuse us, the book that logically should have been the team-up book, Giant-Sized Superheroes, featured solo stories of Spidey, while Giant-Sized Spider-Man included the team-up stories. To further confuse the matter, the team-up book, Giant-Sized Spider-Man, is being reprinted not in Essential Marvel Team-Up, but... Essential Spider-Man, where I read this odd little thing. Got all that? Good. The 70s was a particularly bizarre time in comic book history, as both Marvel and DC experimented wildly with a number of other genres, but integrated all their books into their mainstream superhero universe, which brings us to this issue where the Whip Spinner shares an adventure with the Lord of Vampires, Dracula. Although, as we find out, saying they share an adventure is a bit of a misnomer. Incidentally, those who have the essentials may wonder why Marvel didn't reprint giant-sized Spider-Man number 3. It's because the story teams up Spider-Man with pulp hero Doc Savage, a hero Marvel doesn't have the rights to anymore. Ship of Fiends doesn't properly start until page 3. The first two pages and bits of the next two are taken up by Conway setting up the story for Marvel 2 number 23. Now here we get some more explanation, folks. The plan was for the Human Torch to be the star of MTU whenever Spidey was hanging out in Giant Size Spider-Man, a practice that lasted for the duration of the Giant Size run. But on page 3, Peter learns that Aunt May is sick yet again, and this time her illness requires a vaccine developed by A.J. Maxfield, who is presently transporting said vaccine on a cruise trip. Dr. Maxfield doesn't like to fly, you see. So Peter borrows a jet from Johnny Storm, that's right, more setup for Marvel Team-Up number 23, and heads out to find Dr. Maxfield. It seems, however, that Spidey isn't the only person looking for the doctor. Dracula comes looking for the doc because the vaccine interferes with his plans in some non-specified way. And exiled mobster Anthony the Whisperer, Cavelli, and his henchman Simeon Sims, yes, those are their names, are looking for the doc so they can bargain Cavelli's re-entry into the U.S. And to complicate things more, the doctor everyone is assuming is Maxfield may not be the doctor they want, and vampires do get thirsty, you know. Ship of Fiends is a very, very strange little story. Conway does his best to coalesce the wildly different characters of Spider-Man and Dracula, and the results are a bit flawed. The twist to the story is fairly obvious right from the start. The fact that the Doctor everyone is looking for has initials instead of a given name just invites us to doubt the character's gender. And there is the fact that the mayhem Dracula perpetrates has been dialed down even from Tomb of Dracula levels to not freak out superhero fans. But it is to his credit that Conway manages to wring a decent little story out of the disparate elements involved even if Conway's attempt to pull the motif Marvel Wolfman perfected in Tomb of doing little personality sketches of the victims before they succumb to Drac doesn't quite work. More successful are some of the death scenes for our villains at the hands of the Vampire Lord. 
One sequence where Dracula compels two gunmen to literally march into the sea has a nice little frisson of fear to it. There's a question in this issue of just how much artwork is Ross Andrews and how much is inker Don Hex. Heck inked this series at the beginning of a long physical decline that led to increasingly deteriorating artwork, relying too much on stock poses and faces. And while there are action sequences that are undisputably Andrews, full of Ross's dynamic flying bodies and crouching forms, there are lots and lots of character bits that are undisputably Hex. The stock, stiff, static poses in the middle of Andrews' fluid and kinetic line work disrupts the proceedings and tends to break up the flow and a rocky pace is exactly what the story does not need. Even though it's not an entirely successful effort, Giant Size Spider-Man No. 1 does deserve to be read, both as an oddity in the Spider-Canon and as one of the few examples available today of how Marvel used to mesh their licensed series with those of their original superheroes. Thus, on the random review breathability scale, I give Ship of Fiends 56%. Average, but significant enough to check out. Random reviews are rated on the breathability scale, where 100% is pure oxygen-style savoriness, and 0% is suffocating stink-stank-stunk. I'm Tom DJ, and join me next time for another Random Review. <laughs>